0: facebook and youtube at untitled wrestling podcast twitter twitch and discord at untitled rest pod hello everybody welcome to another episode of the untitled wrestling podcast it is tuesday you know what that means it's time for your aew review with me your boy big tasty i'm joined this week by a very special guest i'm joined by none other than dan from the sweet Chimber podcast dan how is it going mate
2: yeah it's going all right um as i mentioned on our own show. I'm still in the isolation period because I went to my first gig in two and a half years and that was enough.
0: <laughs> oh, what gig was it? Was it a good one?
2: Uh, Cleopatra, if oh, nice. heard of them. Really, really cool band. They're kind of like Royal Blood, but they're Canadian. Oh, sweet. Was that in that there, London?
0: Yeah, that was in um, Electric Forum. Oh, sweet. I was there the other week. I went to see The Hold Steady and I'm amazed I got out alive basically without any, any sort of COVID repercussions. Yeah, no,
2: like just happened to be the night it was eventually going to happen and it
0: happened so I'm I'm just here firming it fair I mean this was I mean I'm a, I'm, we're obviously we're very happy that Dan has come on the podcast this was I was sort of scrabbling around the discord for someone to, to come on and join the podcast and Dan was like well I'm in isolation so I can do it so yeah. <laughs> yeah, every cloud you know if it weren't for if it weren't for COVID you wouldn't be here with us right now
2: my my content output has been Brilliant!
0: Over the last week, <laughs> it's amazing what, what you can get done when you when you like you can't like go to the pub or anything or do anything fun, isn't it?
2: You just then you just like I, I, all the novelty of playing two K twenty two is worn off at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, right then, we'll jump straight into the show. We'll get on to Dynamite first, as is, Christian. and we started mm-hmm. off with a pretty big match for an open match. It was Adam Page and yeah. Jurassic Express versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Uh, this felt like, remember like during lockdown when AEW were like, every week just here's a banging tag match to open the show?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, obviously, one thing that's been so great about, uh, I guess the way AEW's approached stuff is they've had a real focus on the tag wrestling. I've always been a huge fan of tag wrestling, so starting off with a really hot tag match, just with people who have just, you know, you got talent across the board, really.
0: Yeah, and, and they went through a phase like at the start mm-hmm. of like the pandemic where they just every match they just put on like a like the young books you just come out of like a fifteen minute epic against <clears throat> someone, and it was really really good fun. Um, you said about obviously AEW and the tag team division. I think I don't I don't want to be like sort of overly dramatic, but I think that the strength of the tag division is what actually helped me like sort of latch onto AEW as a promotion when they first. Oh started. yeah,
2: no, I- absolutely. I mean, like I said, I'm I've always been a huge fan of ta- tag wrestling. That probably mostly comes from. My time growing up, having two older brothers, you know, you're you're actually here WWE, you're kind of mid to late WCW, lots of tag wrestling always going on there, lots of really, really cool stuff. So having a company that is putting so much stock and focus into it um, is a really promising thing to see. And again, like the early stages of um, AEW, things like where they just have like, you know, SCU go out, just have like a a 10 or so a minute tag match, just goes out really hot the entire time.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that whole tag team tournament they did for the titles was was fantastic. the,
2: the, the tag team tournament. And I mean, I think a thing that is, to be fair, it's been one of the things I said about AEW is that they just need to really embrace the depth in their tag division a lot more.
0: Yeah. It feels like trios belt. We talk about this a lot, but it feels like trios belts a, an absolute necessity at some point in the in the, in the rapidly approaching <laughs> future. I think the thing with the trios belts is
2: obviously now with ROH being under their umbrella or under the Tony Khan umbrella, um, ROH having the six man uh, titles. Um, I think it'd be really good for AEW to have the trios titles. Really, obviously, it's a new scene to open up. It's a new avenue of kind of getting people into that environment.
0: And it's, something also, that, it's, it's something that's never really featured on like mainstream U.S. wrestling either. Has yeah, it? it's, it's, it's always been like thing. a very it's... luchery sort of thing. It's always <laughs> yeah, so
2: like... it, it's a very lucha thing. I mean, it's also very popular in Japan as well. I mean, New Japan wouldn't let you believe that, but it is a very <laughs> popular thing. Um, so I would love to see them embrace it and bring it to a new audience, especially stuff like if they were bringing in other teams. And having matches under Lucha rules. Oh, yes. Because I really think more wrestling fans could do with being introduced to that. For those that don't know, um, Lucha rules means there are no tags.
0: Yeah. So it's just when every, you time, leave every time the someone, the ring, someone else gets in,
2: someone else can just jump in, and that will add a really different pace. And I know, like, a lot of people have said about, like, oh, um, AEW tag matches or multi man matches don't have, like, the referee has no control. I think that could really actually help address some of that concern that people have. There is no need to because that pace can kind of keep going. Yeah, you it, to kind it, of it lets them keep away that like, frenetic nature of, of, the,
0: of, the, sort of the big tag max they have without <laughs> like like without, I mean, you say you have to sort of keep a mental note in your head. Right? Yeah, you're, no. You're just tagged who and like sort of yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's just like, you know, I, and it's a thing I say when watching AEW tag matches where it's like, I feel like every match, the finish devolves into like everyone's in the ring at the same time. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, you know, I can't really say much because that's, to be honest, not too far removed from every, like, Attitude Era tag match, so.
0: And it's fun. It's fun when, like, all the guys come yeah, in and just hit good. all the moves I, on everyone. I love it. I don't I, I, don't, look, I don't. I can't. I, don't, I
2: can't say much when it comes to that because also I know how much of like growing up watching like, you know, growing up watching like, arguably some of the worst of American indie wrestling, and like calling tag matches under control isn't is a statement.
0: Yeah. Uh, so and then this match was again it was it was I thought it was pretty fun. Mm. Um I loved mm. the, the sort of the triple moonsault spot that Jurassic Express and Adam yes. Cole did on onto onto the bad onto the baddies, so to speak. Um I mean Red Dragon and Adam Cole, they're always gonna put a good match on for you, aren't they? And yeah, they you know, they
2: they uh, my love for Kylo Riley cannot be <laughs> overstated
0: he's just, enough. He's just he str- he straddles that line between being an absolute <clears throat> goofball and like a legitimate murderer.
2: See, but that that's like my perfect that's like my perfect line shroud. It's why I love Minoru Suzuki so much. Yeah. Because he is an absolute nutter. But he can kill you and will at a moment's notice. <laughs> and you never know what's gonna happen.
0: Fair. Um... It,
2: it's so it's so good. And like um just like the way the way the three of them work together. I mean, O'Reilly and Cole are just like a such a good pairing together.
0: Yeah, I mean, and Cole's even said himself, he his career path is he just. Uh, oh, right, sorry he said he just follows Adam Cole around wherever he goes, basically because he, he's decided that's what's best for his career, and he's like, yes. yeah, fair play. It works. Uh, so, surprise, almost, almost surprisingly, um, Cole and Red Dragon get the win here, uh, Jungle Boy. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was a little bit
2: surprising, I have to say. Love, love the, uh, love the finish. Yeah. Um. I am a big sucker for a total elimination, but like, yeah. I, I mean, I was I was surprised. I thought they'd maybe try to keep um, Jurassic Express a, a, a little bit
0: it's, kind it's of because you've into got like it. you've got like three champions on one side, which <laughs> yeah, <obviously> that's <laughs> I and so you kind of think maybe they're going to win, but then at the same time, like Cole probably needed to. I don't want to say get his win back, but he maybe needed like a bit of a bump here. Yeah,
2: you you need something to kind of keep them strong, obviously, because they're coming off the back of that loss
0: as well. Yeah, and like both, obviously, both the champions won at the pay-per-view, so yeah, yeah. It, it, sort of, it sort of keeps the feud going. I'm not sure like what they're going to do going forward with these guys. I mean, it, it kind of feels, and it feels like we could be waiting a while now, like Adam Cole's almost spinning his wheels a bit until Kenny has like a definite time to come back.
2: Well, I was going to say, so obviously it comes down to what is the next step here, because I definitely think keeping Adam Cole in the in the world title picture is the correct choice. Mm. I think the other scenes are kind of well developed enough right now that you don't really need anyone new coming in.
0: Um, I mean, the tag team divisions almost—it's almost backed up, isn't it? With challenges when you think about—well, that's like... the
2: thing that there's there's so many people in there that could be coming in and have and having chances, and that's kind of forgetting about people that could be in there as, like, you know, that are currently competing as, like, frees, as trios mm. in feuds and stuff. So, like, when you think about it and, you, you know, you have got, like, some tag teams that have been there for a little bit longer, so kind of, like, your private parties and things like that, but like, the acclaimed as well. So I said, I like I I said this to of here. the other week,
0: I run it past you as well. It feels a little bit to me, like, this year might be the year of sort of giving sort of thank you range to some of the year one talent?
2: Well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I think the big one in there is the Hardys.
0: Oh, God. I mean, they're, if they're not if they're it's, not getting hot-shotted into the title picture, then like, we don't know how long they've got left. like, really. you know...
2: Well, they, they pretty much said that this is the last run of the Hardys. Hmm. So, I definitely think there's going to be one coming up through in there. Obviously, I think maybe part of it depends on how this kind of Ring of Honor project goes. Um, but like obviously you've got them Um, I definitely think sometime soon they're going to have to start getting some gold back on the Dark Order you know like Silver and Reynolds or however that kind of lines out
0: yeah it kind of feels like there's only I mean they're massively popular but it feels like there's only so because I think they've been booked with the sort of idea that they're too popular it doesn't matter if they lose because people still cheer for them but that might start to go away eventually if they just lose all the time
2: (laughs) I think the thing is, you you need to, you know, you can you. There's a way to do that. You you have to kind of keep some of the interest in there. Um, but I think the thing is, though, is that when you're there and you've got someone that's a fan favorite, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with actually rewarding that.
0: Hmm. I know silver I had this, saying like silver had know, that really strong showing in the first battle royal.
2: Yeah, you know, you gave them a strong showing there. You you can tell they've got a lot of popular support. You can really start to capitalize on that and just kind of bump stuff up. Um, I don't necessarily think it comes at a consequence because I think there's a lot of believable teams that can beat them for it. That won't necessarily leave them at a loss. You know, if you're running Silver and Reynolds versus the Hardys for the AEW tag titles, I feel like, you know, Silver and Reynolds can lose, but it doesn't make a big impact.
1: Mm. Yeah
0: uh right then move on quickly we had uh, a little backstage bit with keith Lee and ricky starks and powerhouse Hobbs i mean that's all fine isn't it that's all good stuff
2: oh, it is it's all just what you want to see really it's like' the, keith Lee, it's last, ricky
0: starks I'm, I'm 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 more than happy last week when uh, Hobbs powers uh, spine busted keithley i uh, i did a little I did a little happiness. It was a yes. That was so. That's that's what I want to see. Uh, another thing that's quite intriguing as well. We had a video following that of Chris Statlander taking off a of makeup, mm-hmm. taking out of contacts. Um, we saw a little bit of this on Rampage, but it seems like yeah. doing a bit of a bit of a more serious character now that she's had this sort of you know blood feud with Lila Hirsch, mm-hmm. which is nice. Give her because I think she's yeah. a very under. I think she's quite a little bit underrated. I think she's maybe a little bit yeah. hamstrung by the gimmick. I mean, it really,
2: it really depends because I, I, I do remember hearing before that they were trying to do something big with her, but then they had to kind of kibosh it because she got injured.
1: Mm.
0: They, I, think they, that was back,
2: were, I think that was back towards the end of, like, 2019, though.
0: Yeah, they were super hot. I know when she first came in, weren't they? Because um, like, she, ma- she wrestled that match when she had, like, horrible flu, which... Yeah. And that was, like, the height of her push. And then, like you say, she, she got, like, a really bad injury and, and missed quite a lot of time.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy in here for it. I, I don't see any reason why it can't work.
0: No. No, absolutely. Uh, speaking of things I'm happy in here for, uh, next up then we had Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus Chuck Taylor and Will Easer. Correct. And this was just lovely, wasn't it?
2: Oh, it's just... It's like it's just a condensed version of what you need from every single one of them, really. <laughs>
0: You just feel still I'm still in that mode. I'm still in that like little that sort of honeymoon period where every time I see Regal come out, it's just like a little bit of I almost like forget and then I see him go, Oh yeah, Regal's here as well. This is this is incredible. Like he gets on commentary and uh, the first thing he does is say that JR also did a lot for him when he first came mm-hmm. to America, and then he sort of looks at Excalibur and he's like, You in the mask, you haven't done anything for me.
2: Yes. Correct. <laughs> it's British. it is it is astoundingly British.
0: It's so good. I love William Regal, he's an absolute treasure. Oh, he is, he is so much. And yeah, this, this match was just kind of I mean, it was obviously a sort of showcase for, for Moxley and Danielson as a team, but it also I thought it really put the spotlight on, on Utah and Chuck Taylor and, and showed yeah, up. Absolutely. They can do. I mean, like again, huge Wheelie Uta fan. Absolutely hold
2: him in the regard of um, you know, one of the future talents AEW should be building around. Definitely look like they're taking that direction. I know a lot of people were worried having seen him on the independent scene to then see him come up and then just kind of be used as a kind of fodder
1: hmm.
2: um to take skins and have... matches but ha- you know have have decent showings
0: but at the same time they haven't over pushed him which i think is quite important well
2: yeah that's the thing he hasn't been overexposed they haven't done too much too early and i have to say they're so far their management of kind of their next generation superstars maybe with the exception of Dante martin and that's a stretch they haven't like pushed too far yeah they've got them all in a very good position. Um, and it's very clear who they want to be that next generation. It
0: feels like they're all sort of bubbling under, like the main event scene. Like, yeah, uh, they're, all, they're
2: all sitting there. You can tell they're going to be moving up soon, but
0: not right now. But they're in a position where at any point they could pull the trigger on one of them and it wouldn't feel like a, like a big forced thing. Like, okay, they've established like Garcia, uh, Utah, yeah. um, Moriarty, Dante. They've, you they've know, sort of com- got them compared all.
2: Compared to, I guess, how many people expect the formula to go. Um, without turning this into a whole discussion on how a certain company does a certain thing, it's not this person has suddenly appeared, they burst onto the scene, and now we're going like, to absolutely just like, ram them into your face. Yeah. It's, hey, here's this person, they're really cool, we want you to know they're really cool, sit on it for a bit, then let's start get the ball rolling. It,
0: it, like, it's important to let them find their feet, and it, it, you've always almost got to make it, Make it feel like you've got to make the fans want it at first, haven't you? Before you give it to them, because yeah, yourself. I mean, it,
2: it, it's it's the same as like when you're playing. You know, I guess like a, if you're thinking about like I, I'm thinking about this in gaming terms, like if you're playing an RPG, and you just have a character dropped on you, and they're like, you have to care about him, and my and my normal thought process is, okay, but why? Yeah, who are they? Why do I have to care? <laughs> give me a reason.
0: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it, it just it needs to feel, even if it's not necessary, it always needs to feel organic. It always you always want it to sort of
2: yeah. You just need you just need something that says to you, "Hey, this is who this person is. This is why I should be interested in them." Again,
0: not not to, we we try not to use examples from other companies on this podcast, but uh, a, a more sort of a Daniel Bryan push versus a Roman Reigns push. Yeah, if you could use two examples, like they they were ve- they were very, near, very nearly guilty of this with Hangman at the start of the. Oh the yeah! Age, no, right? absolutely. And then they sort of slammed. They saw what was coming. They slammed the brakes on, and then they actually turned it all on its head and gave us that slow build then, and gave us that organic push, which was mm. which was one of the few sort of times you actually see wrestling companies listen to the fans and put the brakes on something correctly. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I'd love to re- do either explore or do or read what would have happened to AEW had Hangman won that. The, the title instead of Jericho at the first pay-per-view that would have been a, a hell of yeah, a yeah it
2: would have been inter- it would have been really really interesting to actually get an idea get We're, an idea on that
0: you'll see where everything would have been so anyway going to the finish of the match um Uther gets his head kicked in and then Moxie tags in and puts him in a bulldog choke I like this so it's sort of like the so Danielson still does the stompy stomps and then, because they're a tag team now, he doesn't, yeah. pop, he doesn't put the submission on himself. Mox tags in and then Mox does the submission, which is, which, is, if I mean, if that's their finisher, just Danielson beats the piss out of them and then Mox chokes them out, then I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of fine with that. Yeah, I'm not against it. Uh, so yeah, so Uta gets, uh, gets choked out. And then more interestingly, after the match, as they're all sort of walking back down the ramp, Uta sort of turns around and gets back into the ring and gets in uh, Regal's face. And Regal sort of slaps him, and he, he basically—you can't really quite make out what he's saying, but he's basically saying like, "Prove." He, Regal's basically saying, prove yourself. It's like it's like the slap of approval. And Regal's like, "Keep, keep, keep going, keep, keep working. You know, improve, prove yourself to me, and we'll talk." Mm-hmm. So that was that was interesting, and like Chuck, Chuck and Trent are just like flabbergasted. they like, "What's going on here?" But yeah, I'm liking this, like a nice bit of sinister Yuta, which I'm kind of into.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I mean, next up then, quick one with the FTR backstage. The books come up and they drop a, a, a sort of thinly veiled Bret Hart reference.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's FTR. <laughs> it's just, just Bret Hart references follow them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, they can't escape Bret Hart really, can they? I'm, I'm sure he's only ever 10 feet behind. Um, so yeah, that was fine. Obviously, it looks like they're, they're building up. They've teased this feud over the last two Battle Royals, which if you want to do books for the FTR again, I'm, I'm down for that.
2: I am absolutely just not not against
0: it. <laughs> and I'm following on from that. We had the Acclaimed um, backstage talking about uh, Max Caster's going to face Keith Lee. A rampage. Uh, Ricky Starks comes in and basically says, yeah, they need to take out all the newcomers and secure the spot. And then Swerve comes in. And yeah, it's... I mean, this is August a whole big melting pot of awesome you've got oh yeah claimed you've got starks and Hobbs. you've got keith lee you've got swerve like this is just all your favorite things in one place it's great it's
2: like it's literally like AEW reached reaches my head and went here's a bunch of people you think are just really cool and i was just like yes yes actually that is correct
0: this is just the real-life version of you just smashing all your action figures together as a kid. It's like, here's all my favourites, and I'm going to be them all fight. Oh, no, multi. straight
2: up. This is, this is me at, like, 14, just being like, I reckon I could do wrestling booking, and then just, like, get all my favourite wrestlers and stick them, like, in a thing together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, then, something I was a little bit apprehensive about when I saw it advertised, but... ended up actually quite enjoying was the chris jericho jericho appreciation society promo
2: yeah i i don't know how to feel about this i feel like that's mainly coming off the back of so much stuff that me and my friends have spoken about about chris jericho recently i'm always jerichoed out
0: yeah there has been a lot of jericho like knocking around lately um Um, this is his new reinvention which is always a i mean yes i mean
2: (laughs) uh not to pretend like my ideas are overly original, but uh, shout out to the amazing Joseph Montecilia, um for his recent video about um, analysing Chris Jericho's claim to be the greatest of all time. Um, I hope the reinvention is more than skin deep. Mm. I don't want the same AEW Chris Jericho, but this time he's just calling himself a sports entertainer. I want a new Chris Jericho. That makes sense. He
0: certainly reinvented himself on a physical level because he looks absolutely fantastic.
2: I mean, yeah, the physical transformation is is incredible. I just I want to see more from him. Because
0: it felt like when he went from WWE to New Japan, that felt like a completely different character. It felt like a completely different person. But then I know what you mean. Like since he's come to AW, it sort of felt like a dilution of his New Japan character a little bit. And like it, it doesn't seem yeah, to have, it doesn't it, seem it, to have changed it, it... a great deal throughout the three years. I mean, he he, he sort of naturally went face because he was popular. No, no,
2: no. I feel like the thing I feel like the thing with Chris Jericho has basically always been, in some in some way, I'm better than you, and that's kind of the consistent thing. And then like when he went to New Japan, he was like, I don't know. I always felt like his New Japan character was just like diluted Stan Hansen
0: I mean he had the face paint and the spiky jacket and it's like
2: he had the face paint and the jacket and he was like I'm all about pain now and I'm like
0: I mean but literally he's where he's got a new hat
2: and I'm like he's I mean he's got a new jacket It does look good <laughs> I mean I have this to, to be honest one of my favorite parts about this is the fact just the thing of uh, Garcia and uh, the show in there really so Daniel Garcia
0: managing is to like try, managing to do a heel turn whilst originally being a heel and managing to heel turn even further
2: I know it's it it's the wonders of modern wrestling storytelling.
0: Although I did have uh, I nearly have so a heart attack. When...
2: Hopefully, hopefully Matt Lee stays on whatever good stuff he's got going on in the backstage.
0: <laughs> the biggest cocaine energy. <laughs> I mean, I must. Admit, I did nearly have a heart attack when Jericho started talking about January the sixth.
2: Oh, I. I... When he was doing this and I was like, start and mention that, I was just like, oh, is he going to, what's <laughs> is he, he going to say? Is he going let me, there? Let me, let me, hear him out.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh no, 2019, it's fine. Okay. I
2: was like, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Then <laughs> like, I, it did not have me worried.
0: Yeah. This was fun. Uh, I'm, I'm, massive fans of 2.0 or whatever oh, they're yeah. going to be called now. Um. So, on the name change, do you think, obviously, it's, it's kind of a piss take, isn't it, on WWE's sort of habit of changing wrestlers' names? Yeah. Is anything about, so a lot of people have been saying, is there anything about this that they didn't want two Matt and Jeff tag teams? I don't know, really. Um, Obviously, trying to figure out
2: the, you know, the exact something on why everything is how it is. I don't
0: know, but right, it I imagine t- they probably... it took me 40 minutes of Googling the other day to find out what 2.0's actual real names are.
2: Oh yeah, I know, but that's just that's just how it sometimes goes with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get I get the feeling it you know it was all meant to be it's all just meant I can't I can imagine that somehow, someway those names are probably all just ribs backstage.
0: Yeah. I mean there's a lot of stuff like here so like Jericho is heel again mm. which is which is a good thing 2.0 are getting on TV and Daniel Garcia which is a good thing uh, Proud and Powerful are free of this horrible Jericho sort of gravitational pull so they can go and do whatever they want these are all these are all positives right
2: yeah I mean absolutely to be fair um, talking about the tag team stuff from before Santana and Ortiz really happy to see them kind of get separated away from the fold of others now
0: Yeah, so they can start pushing stuff through on their own I might have made a bold prediction. I think they'll be tag team champions by the end of the year. No,
2: I I, I think that's a strong shout, though. I think that's an absolutely justified shout, honestly. Because I good. really think they should be. Yeah. Or should have been by now. So yeah, I'm just so... going to go sort out my
0: curtains. No worries, mate. No worries. So we will move on. Uh, we had a brief feud with Serena Deeb and Hikaru, sorry, a brief promo uh, with, so I'm to sort of recapping the next bit, it's fine, you haven't missed it, that's yeah, right uh, just sort of, we had a little brief video Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida, Is Serena Deeb I'm like super ripped as well yeah that time off has done absolute wonders and obviously Shida's back so I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to this to this feud resuming
2: yeah, no, I am really looking forward to this feud resuming, I'm a huge fan of Hikaru Shida Um, And obviously recently she's done some work back over in Japan, Mm. uh, which I've been really interested in. Um, Hopefully that continues going on. Um, But no, super excited to see her and be doing some more stuff. Um, I'm really hoping this is the start of kind of a developed women's kind of undercard on, like, Dynamite.
0: Yeah, just putting feuds, women's feuds, on that aren't necessarily title matches would be quite nice. Yeah,
2: just getting storylines going, really. Yeah.
0: Um I mean, they've done a bit of that lately with, like, the Lita Hirsch, Red Velvet, Crystal yeah, that thing. Been,
2: that's been really cool to see that going on. I'm really happy to see that start kind of
0: developing
2: uh into a regular thing rather than just having, you know, title matches or, like, you know, having your champion... Oh, man, a, it's it's, pro-
0: it's progressed a lot from like it used to be just whatever Britt Baker's doing, and then here's like a five minute Jake Cargo squash match. That's that's
2: that's it really. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's, it's nice to see it sort of progressing from there, and then moving on to the third match was the TNT title match, Scorpio Sky mm-hmm. versus Wardlow. Yeah, I was so um, worried that Scorpio was going to be fed to Wardlow here. So yeah, so the, the one thing that sort of allayed my fear a little bit was so last week when Wardlow came out to cut his like sort of big baby face promo, there was nothing from the pinnacle whatsoever. No one came out, no mm-hmm. one cut him off, no one like attacked him. And I was like, right, they've given him this like space here. The absolute fuckery is coming next week in the match.
2: Well yeah, so my 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 worry about this as conditioned by years of um wrestling was that Scorpio Sky was going to get absolutely just fed to. Mm. Um the thing that kind of actually set my fears aside about that was thinking about how AEW kind of structures their stories. And then obviously knowing that MJF would have to be involved somehow. So yeah. clearly what they've done is uh, the way I kind of predicted it going. At, um, well, the way I predicted it from before was that obviously they'd set up this match. MJF would get involved. That sets off the MJF Wardlow storyline. Which obviously everyone's excited for. It's a wrestling story as old as time.
0: Yes, and it's going to be probably at the next <clears throat> double or nothing. We'll have the big MJF. Yeah, it will be Wardle double or
2: nothing. Match. They'll have the the big blow off match.
0: Um, and the pop when Wardlow power bombs MJF is going to be astronomical.
2: Oh, when he when he hits those power bombs, it's going to be huge. Because there's like huge.
0: The, the shades of like Vince and Austin in this feud. It's like Wardlow's sort of trying to kick out from underneath his horrible boss.
2: Yeah, I mean it it it's shades of that. I mean you could really just say it's the shades of like, you know, tag you know tag teams that have had, you know, actually good breakup storylines in a sense. Yeah. Um but I think for I think for the modern wrestling fan, it means a whole lot more because you know it is very literally the employee beating up his boss. (laughs) Yeah,
0: which is always fun. And and you get the feeling that because MJF still technically is Wardlow's boss, he's still on the contract. Yeah. You get the feeling he's going to put him through some real horrible shit between now and the pay-per-view.
2: Oh absolutely. I mean I I mean the way I saw it was like either, you know, they try and either pull the thing with the contract where they were like, you know, if Wardlow won, then MJF technically gets the title because of him. Yeah. MJF becomes TNT champion figure your way through that paperback. um but it, i mean obviously the way things have lined out now is you've got uh M- mjf versus wardlow probably at double or nothing um and then you're gonna kind of have to see how that works out into a storyline obviously you know you've got people are saying about uh will mjf be preaching the well title scene soon coming off the feud with cm punk you know what kind of position does that leave him yeah. in? But honestly, I think with this, you're going to end up in a good position with either of them, really.
0: Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Uh, going back to the match, then the um, they actually booked Scorpio Sky quite well in this match as well. He had he had his moments against Wardlow, where he, he could really. Yeah. Um, and it feels like the way they book people, like especially more established stars against Wardlow, is it almost feels like if you if you can sort of keep the momentum going you might have a chance it's only when you sort of make a mistake or you slow down or you slip up and then he takes advantage hits that like first big move and then after that it's just game over
2: yeah i mean it it's a a good thing i do like about aw's direction they really like to sell experience and obviously let's not forget about the fact that i know a lot of people may not have known Scorpio's guy before, but he has years on years of experience and was doing PWG back in like 2005.
0: I mean, he's been undefeated for almost as long as Wardlow has been wrestling in AEW as a regular, you know, in terms of the the two guys. And I really like they sell
2: that experience. You know, obviously Scorpio is physically smaller, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know other ways that he can win. And that's been a pretty consistent thing across AEW's programming. Yeah. Um, So it's been really, really cool to see that. Um, and
0: it plays, into yeah, f- it's
2: that thing of like... It yeah, plays
0: into the finish. It- Sorry. It- no, no, don't worry. <laughs> as you say, it, it plays into the finish here as well, because like Wadlow's doing the power mm. bombs and then Dan Lambert distracts him. As soon as he's distracted, Scorpio rolls out the ring. Like again, he's like you say, using the experience. And then Wardlow allows himself to be distracted by spears. Then MJF manages to sh- sh- appear, shoots him into the ring post, and then Scorpio manages to capitalize on it straight away. He's back in the ring, and he rolls him up as soon as he gets back in the ring, and he gets the win. And it's like you say, they—they—they—it it feels believable because like they—they—the they, commentary put over throughout the entire match how Scorpio is more experienced. The, the Wardlow is hot-headed. He's sort of young. He's brash. He's easily distracted. it—it you
2: know, it is those small details that I think make such a big difference to wrestling. They're the things you really need to embrace.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, and it, it, it again you say it, it told a really, really good story. Mm-hmm. And then post-match, we find out that Dan Lambeth has actually been working for MJF and MJF pays him off. And then, yeah, everyone just beats Wardlow. Basically, he has a little comeback spot, so he looks strong. He, he like sort of hulks out of it, doesn't he? And, and sort of throws people around. Yeah. But eventually that the numbers game just sort of wears him down. I think it was Spears hits him with a chair eventually, and that, that's what sort of sort of lays yeah. him low. And then MJF punches him with a ring. So yeah, it's it's, it's 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 like it's going to be like the um like the trials of Hercules now, isn't it? For for Wardlow to sort of work towards that match with MGF the next paper. Yeah,
2: it's going to be one of those... I I mean I obviously as one of those stories of like Wardlow building himself back up to the top, or it's going to be like a almost kind of Wardlow competing against himself. Mm. Kind of storylines, and I'm I'm here for either of them. Really, I love both of
0: those. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to this. It's it's going to be uh it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, so moving on, then we've got uh, a match. I honestly thought they'd do it with a bit more build because <laughs> <laughs> this is probably a bigger match than they might have realized. Uh, the Hardys versus Private Party.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it. It sits in an interesting position because, like, I would expect more to come off because this was kind of a blow off of the whole Andrade Hardy family office stuff. Yeah. So I expected a little bit more attention, but then I guess you know having the Hardys reunite for a match on Dynamite
0: was probably enough. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a big moment. This is Jeff Hardy's entering debut for AEW. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. Uh, super fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, private Party have gotten really good over the. Court. I think. Um, oh yeah. It sounds like a weird thing to say, but ever since they've been with Matt Hardy, I feel like they've gotten a lot better. They've they've almost they've slowed down a little bit because remember when they first started in AW, yeah. it almost felt like they were overdoing everything and they, they didn't quite feel in control of some of the moves and they're now doing less to do more if, if that sort of makes sense.
2: No, absolutely it does. I mean I really like this match especially for the way they built to the whole moment of Jeff getting in the ring. Mm, that was that was the hottest just of like tags. you know letting letting everything really slow burn just like you know, the private party aren't like a, a team that are going to like, you know, immediately set off like your kind of your heat for stuff, but you let everything build. You let everything just kind of trundle along nicely. Bam, get it. Let's get everything going. Now let's start upping the pace. And like you said, they did used to kind of throw everything in like the first five minutes, whereas now they're kind of letting things go out over a little bit longer Stretching everything out a little bit more time between those moments as well. Everything feels a lot more controlled.
0: Yeah, they, they did a really good job of teasing the crowd on both sides. They, they, they made us wait yeah. for the swanton as well. There was like three spots we thought we were going to get the swanton, we didn't. Um, my put my, one of my little favorite details was, um, was it Mark Quinn on the outside? He cropped Matt Hardy into the ring post and then he shouted down the camera, No more kids for you, Matt. Which I thought was uh, was quite nice. To be
2: honest, at the at the going rate, that might be good advice for him. But I'm not here to legislate <laughs> on life decisions.
0: And yeah, finally we we got um, a double twist of faith from both Hardys, and then Jeff hit the swanton, yeah. and the crowd went nuts because it's what they were all here for. So that was uh, yeah, yeah.
2: They they were like, look, we know we know what you want.
0: <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get there eventually. We'll give you the swanton, but first of all, we're gonna tease you a little. bit. We're gonna play with you a little bit first. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, it's the whole it's it's a nostalgia thing at the moment. The Hardys are back on a nostalgia thing, and I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the, absolutely here for it. The Hardys are back
2: together again. It's one one final run into the sunset. Let's just hit as much as we can and just get everything that we can hit it out of the park, and then everyone goes home. Happy. Well, that's
0: it. Matt said on BT the other week that the the, 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 the the whole point of this run now is to cement their legacy. They want to yeah. make sure they go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Yeah, and they will. They will absolutely will. And I'm glad. I'm really, I'm really happy they get to do a little bit in AW because you know, like we said at the start, like tag team wrestling in AW is is off the chain, and this is the place to come to have the dream matches. Yeah, that's the
2: thing. That, that it is the place now. It really is the place
0: now. Yeah, right now, we'll move. Oh, after the match, Andrade came out, and then Darby Allen came out with Sting, and yeah. whole, this whole thing is going to continue for a bit, isn't it? And it's, 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 I don't even know what. Yeah, the, I don't even know what the end game is here. I'm like. <laughs>
2: I think I mean I assume the end game is probably you know Hardy's versus Private Party on a pay per view,
0: Andrade versus Darby Allen. I just want one match. I just want Jeff Hardy versus Andrade once. You know what? That's actually not a bad shout. I think that's a chance. You know, they will all they will do all the flippy stuff, and I'm absolutely here for it.
2: Or I guess in some like <laughs> some like weird cursed setup, I guess then you could have like. Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen versus Andrade and someone.
0: Andrade and like the blade. I don't I mean, know. I know um is a wrestler, isn't he? Like as well. Yeah. Just, so maybe maybe he could wrestle. Maybe they could and like, trap him into some sort of situation <laughs> where he has to wrestle. Uh, right then we'll crack on to the main event because this is a big one. Um, yep. The Cage had music. The Cage had its own theme music, which I particularly enjoyed. That was, that was, I mean, they really are just working Mikey rocks to the bone, aren't they? Like, right, Mikey? I know, oh I know yeah, they're, done... just,
2: they're just there like, yo, yeah, look, we need music for like everything. And I applaud like, them for it because like, right, everything we, needs
0: music in life. We let you off with the Hardies. we bought their music. So we, what we need now is music for the Cage instead.
2: Yeah. For the, for the Hardies, all you needed was buy the stock license. Like, make something for the Cage. <laughs>
0: Um, and then so Thunder Rosa comes out with this mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal entrance, they had a mar- an all-woman mariachi band playing her out and it went straight it
2: everything that I could want
0: it felt huge, didn't it, like that the entrances like even Brits yeah, it did, like, because even, and,
2: and that's the thing that's so important
0: yeah, even Brits there was like an air, it was very emotional there was an air of like, finality about it when Brits came out and, mm. you know, you can say what you will about I know she has a critics for some reason, but she's been phenomenal for the women's division as champion.
2: Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know I know some of the criticism either comes down to she's been quite boring or that some of it comes down to, um, you know, views either on her wrestling style or the match style. Honestly, for a lot of it, I would say most of it kind of just comes down to the booking and the way things have been set up. Just because it's always been like, oh, who could it be? Here's your choice of two people.
1: Mm. Um,
2: But as I said, I think, again, another thing we can say with AEW is um, the effort they put into the presentation. And that, you know, this is just a dynamite special, but it feels important. Things feel important. And they're using the music and the presentation to really show that, giving Fonda Rosa this entrance on a TV special. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it is something that's so so important to how you can read a situation and look at a match to give you an idea of like you know what you think is gonna happen, how you think things are gonna be presented, how things are gonna play out. And I love it.
0: Well, it just makes you just makes you look up and think, oh yeah, this is I put my phone down, this is important, like this is
2: Yeah. I'm just is, there this... watching I'm there watching the next day on my laptop and <laughs> I'm like, oh Mariachi band.
0: Like, this is this is something I need to pay attention to now. This is this is a big deal. Um yeah, the match was Ooh. It was pretty, I don't think it quite—it didn't quite have the shock factor. I, don't, I think of the the lights out match they had last year, because I don't think anything can again. Because that was that was just a a watershed moment in AW. I, th- I feel.
2: Yeah, I mean, I did also have to contend with the initial thing of, okay, this is a cage match, but also you had like the little bit of space around the side of the ring. Yeah which is like a me that's just a me thing i'm a pedantic i'm pedantic
0: (laughs) it was more of like a hell in a cell without a lid as i say
2: like excuse me this is not a cage actually this is a hell in a cell (laughs) but you know that's all trademarked so they they can't use that it's close enough um but no, I thought it was, you know, it it did maybe... But I, I liked
0: it because have... it meant that they could go into the ring for things, which they did, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it sort of played into the match, didn't it? So
2: Yeah, maybe it didn't have the kind of drama the Lights Out match had. But then again, I don't know that that's what they were really going for here. I think they were just trying to step it up in a different way. Mm. um, And I would say it mostly achieved that. I, you know, for pretty much the entire time during the match, I was very much invested... They still got some really, really cool stuff off.
0: Like that bump onto the big pile of chairs was particularly Mm. nasty.
2: And, you know, big enough for me was that it peed off all the people who were like, I don't like seeing this in my women's wrestling, which is exactly what I want from (laughs) hardcore (laughs) matches involving women.
0: They are exactly the type of people I want to be offended.
2: And just like, you may not want this... But I'm watching Born Againo do leg like, drops off the top of cages, so be quiet.
0: I <laughs> mean, you know, I took my I took my mum to an all women's death match tournament last year.
2: Outstanding work, uh, Ray. and she had
0: a lovely, lovely time. So
2: yeah, no, it's, it's it's the exact kind of stuff that um that I want to see. I think it's so cool. Um, the amount of focus that they've given the two of them, obviously the quality of work that Fonda Rosa has been doing. Across this year and last year for AEW,
0: I mean, there's there's a whole discussion to be had, which we haven't got time for here, about yeah. how just the presence of Thunder Rosa in AEW has just amplified the women's division tenfold.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, you can you know you can throw around was it is this, but you know by this point was it too late? Did they not capitalize early enough? Maybe. We, you know, that that's that, I think that's, that's just a situational debate, though. You can have that really with kind of any champion.
1: Mm.
2: Putting the belt on her now, though, is great. I think it sets a great platform for them going forward. You've got a champion that's going to be obviously a great point of experience for new talent that you're bringing in. So, you know, when they're working on bringing someone like a Ty Conti forward again, I think her and Funder are going to have a great chemistry.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, you're going to be able to set some really cool stuff up. And of course, with all the new women, you're going to be able to bring in by having someone more experienced in that position.
0: And it's, and it's women that you haven't seen on TV for a while. So obviously, because we've had a heel champion, it's been face challenges. Yeah. But now you can bring back your Penelope, Penelope Fords, your bunnies, you know, your Layla yeah, Hirsch. You've got, you, you've you can, got you can all push, of them. You can push Layla can Hirsch up in. there. You know, it, it's it's I, when they when it did I would the... love
2: to see Layla Hirsch take that position, honestly
0: like when they did the switch. So like when they did the switch between the books to the lucha Bros with the tag belts, it felt really fresh because you've gone from like a long heel reign to a face reign, and so all of a sudden you're not cycling through the face teams anymore. Now you can cycle through the heel teams, and it's the same with with the women's title now. So instead of cycling through all of your your face challenges, now you can bring in your heel challenges, and it feels it just freshens up the division and makes it just you get to see some new faces they haven't seen for a while. Yeah, that's in. the
2: thing. You're absolutely going to get new faces coming through now with this, and like I said it allows you to bring through a different kind of person through. You can afford to maybe take a couple more chances on like, you know, if we were say if we were saying about this, you know, you could, if you had someone that was maybe a little bit less experienced, kind of, that you were there and you're thinking, well, let's kind of get them moving up forward a bit. With Thunder Rosa, I feel like you can have the confidence that you can put someone less experienced in that position just knowing that like, you know, her experience will be able to kind of carry that match to oh, yeah, I me, mean, I mean, it'll be perfect. Yeah, Thunder but, Rosa can
0: wrestle anyone and make it look at least half decent.
2: Yeah. You can have that bit of confidence in, well, if we put someone in that maybe isn't quite ready yet, we can give them that experience, give them that chance, and then we can kind of push stuff forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, obviously if if you've not Assumed by the way we've been talking, uh, it was it was a great match. They had a ref bump. Obi Edwards came out counting on attacks. We had a thumbtack. We had everything, a yeah. big chair bump. It was awesome. Um, there was a nice spot at the end where Britt was trying to hit Lockjaw and Thunder Rosa just grabbed her hand and just slammed it into the thumbtacks, which was just great. And then Fire Thunder Driver on the tacks for the, for the win. And the roof absolutely came off. So this is Thunder Rosa's oh, yeah. adopted hometown. San yeah, it was in uh, San Antonio. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was just beautiful to see. It was so good. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, right now, before we crack on to Rampage, we normally do a we highlight if we have any particular highs or lows of the show. Anything you'd want to talk about as a high or a low in particular on Dynamite? Yeah, honestly, I
2: mean, honestly, with with the, uh, with, with, I mean, with the highs, I'd probably say Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow uh, was a was a real high for me, and obviously the um, the main event.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Uh, I don't think I have any lows because all the matches were kind of at least good.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I'd have any real specific lows. I mean, like, <laughs> if if you want if you want the biggest tenuous one, I skipped through part of the. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society segment. Although to be fair, that was mostly the time when Jake Hager was on the screen.
0: So <laughs> I know like, oh, Hager's there. I can fa- I'm safe to fast forward here. This is. Was
2: I, mean, just like, like, he- I was like, nothing interesting is going to be said.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was like maybe thirty seconds of talking. So it wasn't too bad. Oh if- yeah,
2: it was like the tiniest section
0: of it. They, they, they know what they're doing with Hager. They 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 treat him right.
2: Yeah, they let him just stand there. He's
0: fine. <laughs> oh, before we move on, as well, one. I mean, obviously, the main event was awesome. It was. This was actually took place on the sixteenth of March. So, um, and Thunder Rosa hit a stunner on Brit Baker in the main event. It was three sixteen day. It was three sixteen day. So that was oh oh yeah. Sean. Uh, right then, we'll move on to Rampage, um, which I've been calling the best paced hour of professional wrestling in all of professional wrestling.
2: It it is so refreshing to just have a one hour wrestling show.
0: <laughs> so I don't know I don't know how you how you consume your wrestling. Obviously, Rampage is on a Friday night. So it was actually later than usual this week because of yeah. the basketball. Uh, I tend to watch it on a Saturday morning while I'm having breakfast.
2: Yeah, so I I watch I pretty much watch all my wrestling the next day. Kind of, uh, I mean, normally next evening because I'm normally working. Mm. Um, and when you're like me and you have to wake up super early in the morning. Uh, pressing not the first thing on your mind, <laughs> fair. And I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. just so I can watch <laughs> dynamite the next morning. Um, so yeah, it, it's normally like I'll watch it like the next morning, or I might watch catch it all up on like a Saturday morning.
0: So Rampage for me has this like, so I watch, I watch it like exclusively for like when I wake up, like so, sort of like I wake up, I'll pop around a bit and I'll start making breakfast, and then sort of 10, 11 o'clock on a Saturday, I'll pop it on. And for me, it's, it's sort of like take me back to my yep, childhood. Pretty much me it's like the wrestling equivalent of like saturday morning cartoons which is pretty awesome it's like yeah was...
2: it takes me it, this is this is like a niche experience for a very certain group of people um way oh, i say way back it would probably have been like 10 years ago um when i was in like my mid teens um i would wake up on saturday mornings and before i used to go before my dad used to take me to Saturday football, I used to watch WWE superstars. Yeah, <laughs> which was always it was always on at nine to ten on Sky One. So awesome. I used to watch. So I used to watch that.
0: <laughs> so this is just replace that, basically.
2: So it was like that's just replace that in my morning <laughs> ritual at this point.
0: <laughs> Fair, uh, right? We'll talk about the first match then. Um, Darby Allen versus the Butcher, which is yeah, it was an interesting one.
2: I I mean. I don't feel like I should have liked this match as much as I do.
0: it was so if if you if you sort of just describe it on paper, it sounds quite bad because it's literally the butcher beats the piss out of Derby for most of the match, yes, then Derby <laughs> hits a few moves on the outside and then the butcher gets counted out Like yeah, it, it, sound, it, it sounds, sounds really awful. bad, but it was really good
2: but in but in practice. It actually worked quite well.
0: The devil's in the detail here, and it was about how they did everything. Um, because Darby literally had almost zero offense up to the point where he actually managed to get something going.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like, I loved it just because, like, Butcher just throwing huge moves, just, like, absolutely throwing his weight around. Gets some absolutely fantastically crisp-looking lariats. Oh, yeah. Some great, some just some great power work, really showing off like all the best bits of them.
0: I mean, the um, butcher looks in great shape as well. If you want to talk about, yeah, Joker, no, he's, I mean, he's,
2: he's been he's been looking great since he returned from injury.
0: If you want to, talk, it looks like he, he took the breakup of his band to mean just right. It's time to just live in the gym now.
2: Yeah, he was just like, okay, I've got like time off to rehab an injury, I'm just gonna rehab my entire body.
0: Yeah,
1: <clears throat>
2: but then obviously, like, I mean, I. I'm always conflicted about this because I know people complain about things like count-out finishes and stuff, but I think they can be used really well. I think they're a really cool storytelling thing when you use them right.
0: And this made sense as well because throughout the match, the only time Darby really got any offense in, so he bit Butcher on the hand early on when he was trying to do hmm. something. And it was that hand that he, he tried to use to pull himself up on the ropes to get back in the ring, and he couldn't do it.
2: You know, that that that's just the consistency and... You know, it, you know, as as fans love to complain about the psychology you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I mean, you still got a cold, a cold red onto the floor. If you if you still want your stupid yeah. Derby spots, you still got them. It's fine. <laughs> you, you
2: still you still got something in there. But like you know, it's this it's this huge guy against Darby Allen.
0: <laughs> yeah, How, Darby can't beat him. He's not going to pick him up and power slam him. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to suplex him to death. No. He's, he's got to do something of a bit different to beat him. So yeah, I, I mean yeah, I, I thought I'd be
2: inventive with
1: it.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought this was super cool. Um, like I said, AW don't do a lot of counter finishes. I can't remember the last time we had one, if I'm being no. honest. So it, I think it worked as it was as a, a sort of you know as a special case here. I, th- I thought it was it was really good fun.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think it
0: did. All right, then after the match, Andrade comes out again and it mm-hmm. all sort of builds, and uh, the Hardys come out. And basically, we're going to get an eight-man Texas tornado tag match on Dynamite. That's going to be
2: either fantastic or horrifying to try and watch.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll, be, it'll certainly be something. It'll be a
2: thing. Yeah, it'll be a thing.
0: And then we had a little backstage segment with Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, Paige VanZant. Uh, Paige VanZant seems really good at cutting promos. She seems really natural. Really, I said
2: out of all the people they brought in. When they were doing the whole like American top team thing, Paige Van Zandt seemed like the only one that was kind of understood what she
0: needed to do. Yeah, she was really just really easy on the mic. wasn't she? <laughs> she didn't like she didn't rush anything through. She seemed really. Yeah, I think
2: I think she'll be a good addition. Actually, I yeah. think he, I think she might be able to make it work.
0: Well, she's training with Gangrel, isn't she? At his school.
2: So. There, there you go. Yeah, that's all you need.
0: look well, just give her the give her the brood entrance, and we're fine. We'll take... <laughs> Give her the music. Give her the entrance. Everything. Just do it. All uh, right. Next up, then Red Velvet versus Layla Hirsch. Um. Again, we're getting an yeah. actual woman storyline on TV. This is this is. are getting happening. things
2: progressing.
0: Yeah. Again, we had actual story bits here as well. So Layla goes for the um, turnbuckle rope, the turnbuckle hook that she used against Chris Statlander. Yep. Chris Statlander comes down with her new sort of more serious like attire. Uh, stops her. Red Velvet hits a kick and picks up the win. You know she's serious
2: now because she's wearing all black.
0: Yes, she's wearing what she's like the, the Batman, like sort of. Yeah, look. yeah, I like it. Um, I'm interested to see where this goes. What what this is going to mean for Chris Statlander. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been a Layla Hirsch fan since the first time she appeared in AW. I'm, I'm-
2: I mean, Layla Hirsch fits like a perfect niche, like in my in my wrestling sphere, which is just. She does she does the cool technical stuff and just does German suplexes to everyone.
0: Yeah, and, so. and does mad submissions, which is the which is awesome.
2: the itch is scratched. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, there's some nonsense with QT Marshall. Oh yeah, but I don't listen to him. Yeah, he's gonna give him a he's gonna hook a certificate or something, which is absolutely yeah not something
2: like that. I don't know. He said he mentioned Hook. I listened for that and
0: then I was like, okay, I don't know. Like, oh, get Hook's it. here. Okay, no, no, Hook's not here. No, okay. no, no. Back, no, no. back, back we go. <laughs> yeah, back back to the conflicts. Um yeah. next up then, um, this this much kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of really liked it. Um Bear Country. Remember them, they're back. Yeah. And Fuego do Sol, this is the House of Black. So <laughs> a, a wild, a wild horse appearance from from the Big Bear Boys. I love this. <laughs> Just, it feels like every time we get to see the House of Black just feels like a real treat, doesn't it?
2: Oh, it, like, it, it genuinely feels like a reward. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, look, there's, like, there's, like, how is Malachi Black the smallest person in the House of Black now? I don't understand. I just,
2: I'm just there, and I'm like, yes, give me spooky boys.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was, this was really good fun. Um, it got to a point where Fuego was in the ring by himself and tried to fight them all, and he did okay for a bit.
2: yeah. You know they gave they gave him a little thing that said like hey look he, he can he can fight he can fight and then he had his chin
0: destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Matthews hit. I don't know what he calls it now. It used to be Murphy's Law in yeah. WWE. It looks it looks fun. It looks phenomenal. I mean, hitting a move on like that on Fuego where he can rotate at like the speed of sound. It always looks good. But... Oh yeah,
2: it it looks so good. But I just like the the two spots. With Brody King just elbowing him after going for the dive and then Murphy hitting the knee. I was just like, are we sure he's okay? <laughs> are we sure this man isn't like a training dummy or something?
0: And it played back, didn't it? Because when Malachi first debuted, he killed Fuego as well when he was checking on Cody that one time.
2: Yeah. Just like it was just a showcase of like how they all three of them. Can like just go absolutely hot. You get like the bit at the end with Mal with like Brody hitting the dive, which just still looks insane to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, seeing him come through the ropes towards <laughs> your face must be the most terrifying thing in like all of existence.
2: I cannot imagine what that must feel like. <laughs> Malachi just being like, "I, right, I'm just gonna pop a moon soul." <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna
0: moonsault this guy over here for,
2: for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, then it was, Murphy just being like, "Okay, time to enter the spin cycle."
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just a super fun. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a long match. It went under five minutes. No, but... no, no,
2: it was. Yeah, it was only like five minutes, but it was like so good for that but, time.
0: <laughs> but it put it put over the house of black huge. They got all their shit in. They 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 won. They looked strong. Commentary put them mm. over real hard. Jericho was doing big on Brody King. He was really putting him over. Uh, so yeah, so that was that was good fun. Uh, next up then we had a quick promo with Penta Oscuro and Alex Abrahantes. Um, I, I love just, like... I mean, I thought I loved, like, Penta's manager, Alex hunters I now even more love, like, fancy dress goth Alex Abrahantos.
2: I love him, because he looks like he's always ready to go to a ghost show.
0: It, you know, it looks like he's just been to... He's talking to one of his kids to a ghost concert, and that's just how he came back. That, that's that's, that's yes. his life. That's, that's who he is now. <laughs> that's, it's become his, his whole personality. I mean, the thing,
2: the thing I've always loved about Alex is that... Um, Everything that he does and says in promos, he looks like he's he looks like he genuinely enjoys it, and yeah. that's the best bit because you're there and you're like, how could this man be a heel? And then he's like, he sounds like he takes genuine enjoyment in people being caused pain <laughs>
0: because it's kind of goofy and it's kind of silly, but then like he's having such a good time doing it, then you just have a good time watching him. And it just, yeah, you're it's, just it's said, you're like,
2: I know that this is ridiculous, but I love it.
0: It's fine. I mean, I used to watch Chikara. Not nothing's ridiculous to me, mate. It's fine. I mean.
2: <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, that's obviously. I think we're getting obviously we're getting more. I I just can't. I mean, the actual match of they haven't obviously Phoenix has been out, but like when they do Death Triangle versus House of Black, that's going to absolutely go off.
2: I mean, when when they do that,
0: that's going to be huge. I hope at some point
2: we just get straight up Malachi versus Penta. Yeah. Like, just do it straight up, one-on-one. Give them, like, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Let them
0: them do an NXT TakeOver main event.
2: No, basically that. Make make it a hardcore match. (laughs) (laughs) Just just let them just be like, look, right, here's some chairs. Here's some tables. 25 minutes, go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. We'll move on to the main event, then. Um, Keith Lee versus Max Caster in the pre-match interview with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the previous interview with, with Mark Henry, Anthony Bowens makes reference to Keith Lee's Henry VIII sounding ass, which I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed.
2: It is accurate, and for anyone watching this that hasn't seen the Keith Lee is the kind of guy to tweets, please go and yes. find them because they are so good.
0: Keith Lee himself has been enjoying them as well by the look of things on Twitter.
2: That's it. My personal favourite is Keith Lee is the kind of guy to sign the guest book when he goes to a museum. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> But
0: he is though. <laughs> He's such a I'm nice guy. He is um, so nice. So Max Castor's opening rap. <coughs> he makes reference to um, Ted Cruz is the governor of Texas, mm-hmm. who famously yeah. boxed or, former or senator or
2: something. Yeah, he
0: famously boxed the sort of relief effort, didn't he, when the big snowstorm hit last year? Yes, he so, did. Yeah, uh, and there was there was, something, there was something local. He said that like really pissed people off. I can't remember what it. Oh, something about the Alamo.
2: Oh yeah, they need to remember they'll have to remember you like they do the Alamo. Yeah. Which is like again, like gets Texans and it's so funny hearing those like hearing the Ted Cruz line and hearing the audience booing and being like, I really don't think you should be booing right now. You
0: know, he's saying Ted Cruz is bad. That's a good. Yeah. Thing.
2: <laughs> like it's just that just that gif of like, Why are you booing me? I'm right.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, so. This match again, fun match. Um I was watching this with with Sarah, my partner, and she made she made a very astute observation. She said, um, out of the two members of the acclaimed, it always seems to be Max Castor, who's the guy they send in to get murdered by the big dudes. Yes. Like Bowens gets the match I, with I have a feeling that they kn- I have a
2: feeling that they know what they have with Bowens. Yeah. And what they have in Caster, which is that I feel like Bowens is much more of a power guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 so, it, it certainly feels like... It's like, right, we'll put Bowens in like the technical spots with, like, Moxley or with with Darby yeah. or with Jungle Boy. All right, Max, uh, if you could just get in there with Wardlow, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just they're
2: just there, like, okay, who's our flavour of the month, big man? All right, cool, you're in with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just look okay for, like, 10 minutes before he literally powerbombs the soul out of you. That would be great. Um, but this, yeah, it's just a fun match. Um, obviously, Bowens is doing a bit of fuckery on the outside, which... Yep. Is you know sort of, and the Acclaimed are such they've got their they've got their shit down, are they they? They're so they're so locked in at what they are,
2: you know. Like, I mean, I've had my problems with the with the acclaim, namely Max Caster, but you know, I feel like ever since they've had the incidents where he said stuff that's been really out of pocket, he's kind of reined it in and then kind of figured out like, oh, I don't need to be edgy. I just need to be like you know a little bit. Haha, <laughs> let me just prod you a bit.
0: So, yeah, I said this at the time. And I, I'm not, I'm not excusing what Max has said because what he said was terrible and he should, he was yeah. rightly recommended for it. It felt like he was almost on like a sort of highway to nowhere. Like he had thought it felt like he almost felt like he had to up the ante every week with these, with this yeah, like, shock was, value it, of his It reps. was
2: just the thing of, it was just the thing of like, like, I get why people like it, but now, now you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Whereas now I'm like, hey, look, I, I, I can. You know, I can get this. You, you're prodding someone, and it, it's good. I like it,
0: yeah. And I think since he's, <laughs> since he's come back in this more sort of slightly PG format, honestly, I think it's been lights it out. Better. I, I don't think he's had a miss since he's come back. No, because he
2: it's almost his thing of because he can't just be offensive now, he actually has to kind of be kind of funny,
0: yeah. He has to like be inventive a little bit more, um, and. It's it's less cringe now because you're not just like oh, yeah. Sh- should, you know? It was always it was always like oh should he have said that sort of thing and now you can you don't have to worry about that you can just like enjoy it. It's just like this is this yeah, is just it, actually this is just a- fun. A- okay it's, yeah I can. It's just actually legitimately fun now. Yeah I can I
2: I can I can feel this now, and I mean like look my love for Keith Lee is well publicized at this point. It's probably hidden amongst the however many episodes that we've done on our show. <laughs> um. <clears throat> You know, you just you you just get all the fun stuff that you're gonna get. Does he pounce someone? Does he do the leapfrog? Cool, all right, we've got like two of the five just best <laughs> boxes ticked off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's just again if again if like Keith Lee wrestling on a main event of an show, again it just feels like a treat, doesn't it? It just feels like it does. It's like, oh yeah, this is just really nice. Like, oh look, here's Keith Lee. I remember remember how we all loved Keith Lee and then you know the bad times happened, and, and, now that's, he's back. and
1: that's the
2: thing. You you look you look you look at it, and then you think about like, oh, what can be the next step coming out of this? What will be, you know, what can we look forward to for Keith Lee going forward to say like double or nothing, or going forward to the future? You know, I think there's some really cool matches that are potentially in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, his his next big one is going to be Will Hobbs, isn't it? It feels like.
2: Oh yeah, it's going to be him versus Paul Hobbs. I'm super excited for that. I'd absolutely love to see Hobbs get the spotlight in that. Yeah. And that can be a that can be a huge thing for them. Obviously, as I've been saying, I'd love to see them start kind of platforming Ricky Starks towards that main event scene.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's far. I think Ricky Starks. He hasn't been pushed that much, but I don't. I think he's starting from a higher position than a lot of the other talents. Yeah, I, I think they're
2: starting to kind of start moving him up, and I think he's absolutely ready for that position.
0: I think there was a lot of concern around his injury because it was a bad yeah. injury. It was a neck break. I think they've 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 been super cautious bringing him back in. And no, they and have been,
2: and I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but when they do get that going. That's gonna be really really cool space for
0: them, I mean they put him on commentary on rampage, so they want mm-hmm. him they want his voice on there every week they want him in people's minds they want him like to be fo- a folk you always they always cut to him they always show him yeah on they they want him on t v every week so they, they they obviously have some sort of plan for him which is great to see um but yeah go back to the at the end of the max then um I mean this 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 move doesn't have a name yet does it I don't think so. I mean, it's fucking awesome, is what it is. So it basically, it's a, it's a fireman's carry into a jackhammer.
2: I mean, so the yeah, they haven't named it in AEW yet. I mean, tra- traditionally, Big Bang Catastrophe, right? On the indie scene, it was just called the BBC Make Your Own Judgment.
0: I mean, well, I mean, that doesn't mean anything else. It's fine. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I love it, It's it's so cool. And I'm sure whenever the time is right, we will see the spirit bomb return.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> well, it feels like this is a move he can do a lot easier.
1: Yeah.
0: It's probably a lot less, probably a lot less wear on his body because he's not, he's, not, like, <clears throat> he's not sitting out or anything. And no, I mean... He, he had that sort of health scale last year, didn't he, Keith Lee? So I don't know if they're sort of taking less chances with him.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, he's probably being a lot more cautious. And again, rightfully so. Um, What I would like... You know, I think is a cool thing. It's just obviously you know him having that as a reserve finisher.
0: Mm, as like the oh shit, this is like the big one.
2: Yeah, it's like the oh okay, that didn't work. All right, now check
0: this. <laughs> yeah, like when, for example, like when AJ Styles used to bust up the spiral tear. Like he don't do yeah. that when when you absolutely had to or, or, or stuff like that. And uh, so then after the match, if you want uh, to if you want to talk about absolute serotonin, uh, so Starks and Hobbs run down to attack. Keith Lee, they're waiting the the claim come in to sort of to four on one, and uh, they're beating on him. And Swerve comes out with the chair and chases them off.
2: More more Swerve daddy content. And I absolutely the sh-
0: love the man. <laughs> the show ends with Keith Lee and Swerve shaking hands.
2: Do you get that going again?
0: I mean, if are we going to get Keith Lee and Swerve versus Ricky Starks and the Hubs? Is that is that a thing that's going to happen?
2: Because that's already giving me serotonin. <laughs> well, you
0: could do him versus Let alone planes, seeing You could do him versus Team Taz, and yeah, it's uh, yeah.
2: yeah, you can you can just throw that up. I mean, how, you know, you can stick that on dynamite. Huge match, yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing stuff to see that happen. And, I mean the pairing of them work obviously so well because you had that clash. You get that going across the two of them as well, though. I mean, swerve and Ricky Starks. I'd love to see the two of them have a match together. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I just want more Keith Lee, more Swerve, more Ricky Starks. Just give me all of those, please.
2: Every single person involved in that match. I'm just like, I want
0: more <laughs> of this. <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> like hangman, I love you, but
2: it's like hangman, like right, you're on your title reign. All right, that's cool, but like, Swerve and Starks, but, but give me more. Though. Hobbs and Keith Lee, give me more. <laughs> House of Black, give me
0: more. There's so much good stuff. Like that's just, Absolutely. And, and it's stuff that's getting on TV as which is really good to see. All right. speaking of good stuff, uh, do you want to pick any particular highs for the show?
2: I mean, obviously, uh, Keith Lee is a high whenever I see him. Uh, I want to give a I honestly want to give a real high to that House of Black match just because it is literally a 5 minute showcase of why all of them are just absolutely cracked.
0: Yeah, here is 5 minutes of why you should worship Brody King.
2: It is literally just like okay, you've got 5 minutes. Here's a giant man elbowing someone's face off. Here's a guy who's going so fast that you can't see half the stuff he's doing and here's the leader of them who can kick your skull off your neck at a moment's notice. <laughs>
0: And also in this match, we're gonna put Fuego do Sol, who is literally like a human body pillow who you can just throw into yeah, the stratosphere. And
2: they're like, and now he and now here's just a guy who you can just be- beat on, get like get hate from the crowd for beating on him, but have everything you do get sold like a champ.
0: He is probably one of the best jobbers <clears throat> currently in wrestling.
2: Oh absolutely. I mean I, I, I mean that as
0: a as a term as <laughs> endear, No, endear, because
2: yeah. I, I firmly believe that the art of the jobber has been lost over time. And now it's been it's being revived. Mm. And now we have someone we can get behind again. Because like if one of my favorite AEW storylines was Cutler versus Avalon. Yes. <laughs> the the battle for the first win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the only reason one of them won because one of them both of them couldn't lose. Yeah, it was like these two cannot lose. <laughs> like mathematically, well, they, they kind of could, but yeah, mathematically one of them has to win. This is a. I love it.
2: I I, I love it, and I think people forget about those like storylines of like, hey, here's the guy who's the job guy. Oh my god, he's gotten a win, and now everyone's happy.
0: Uh, right. Spe- more of this. Speaking of Fuego's dropping Odysseys, uh, we've got one question, and it's from yep. Jay, who's stuck in work. Uh, hey, sorry. Jay. Uh, so, a serious question: Who will Miro be eviscerating when he returns from his pilgrimage?
2: Okay. <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously, for me, I want again, I want Miro back in that world title scene. Um. So. In terms of matches that I would want to see, maybe not necessarily eviscerating, but just kind of matches that I want to see. Miro versus Keith Lee.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. Because
2: just two absolute units. <laughs> like
0: two buildings falling into each other.
2: Um I want to see a rerun of Miro versus Danielson. Yeah. Uh Miro and Moxley. And then, uh, Miro versus Adam Cole.
0: Fair. It'd be nice if if we get to a point where um, Moxley and Brian have like added a few young boys to the stable. If Miro yeah. can like destroy them for a bit, like maybe, and then work Yeah, that would into-
2: be that would be really cool. I'd really love to see them on like Miro versus Daniel Garcia or M- Miro versus Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Kind of give them about ten minutes. Also, that would be really cool.
0: Um, I mean, you can not
2: Going you, off the Adam Cole one, Miro versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, yes. <laughs> where Miro just beats on Kyle O'Reilly for <laughs> ten minutes.
0: <laughs> I mean, I quite like if you're talking about Miro versus Daniel Garcia, I could quite get behind uh, Miro versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, where Miro just like has had enough of their nonsense and wants to murder them for being dickheads. <laughs>
2: Miro, Miro versus Jake Hager and the show in a handicap match Yes, he, and he still where, goes over where, where Miro wins convincingly <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I mean in terms of how you bring him back I wouldn't be against them just like they did with Lance Archie just dropping him straight into a program with Hangman
2: yeah I mean honestly with the, the thing with him is that he was so hot before he had to leave like Miro was like you know, we were all looking at him like this is a world title guy I mean and his, I think his he's, promos he's, were
0: red hot, his matches were great. Yeah, his, his yeah.
2: promos were red hot. Even while he's been off in the brief time we've been able to see him, I'm still feeling that. I still feel that about him. I think he's deserving of that place, and it shouldn't be changing anytime soon. So I'd really be injecting him right back up at the top. Yeah. Or I mean, if you really, I mean, if you really want to and you really want to continue on this theme of like kind of like he's been on his pilgrimage have him come back, and then just be like, I'm working my way to the top. I'm going through people.
0: Well, I'm just doing, like, all the guys in the rankings, just start at number five and just dominate everyone.
2: Start at, like, number five. Hell, get him working on a couple job, people. For... Throw,
0: throw Dante Martin actually into the sun.
2: Just, like, just get him to come in against, like, uh, you know, I, I can't pick a name off the top of my head.
0: Like, Matt, like, like a Matt Sedar or someone like that. Okay. Like
2: yeah, like just like get in someone like that. I, the name that's coming to my head right now for some reason is Angelico. I don't know why.
0: But you <laughs> I mean, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like someone, someone who's not who's not like well well established. Someone who's not yeah. Like, someone well who's
2: like not really doing people who aren't really like doing a whole lot right now. Maybe a couple people you want to like just push up like a little bit from like dark or something. Yeah. Just get him in there. Just have him like three four minutes. Just like. Go in, just be like, I am going through you, murder. On to the next week, murder. Next week, cool. Mirror, excel the whole thing of like Miro's almost at the rankings. Literally have him beat every single person on the rankings in a, like a more intense match each time.
0: I mean, what until he gets to page. What you're kind of describing here is Rocky Three.
2: In a way, yes.
0: So Miro is I'm just Club along in Rocky Three.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking more like. Mortal Kombat
0: tower mode <laughs> <laughs> But You've got like Hangman just chilling out With the Dark Order, like fucking around And like Miro's just like picket- Throwing cars yeah, like against you, walls like, and like killing you've people
2: You've got like <clears throat> Hangman like at the top Like you know with the Dark Order and all that stuff Meanwhile Miro Busts in like I am bringing the Lord's vengeance
0: Yeah, And Hangman doesn't realise <clears throat> like the danger That's approaching until it's- until it's too late
2: He's like, I am bringing divine judgment. Submit or die.
0: <laughs> if we could throw in like a scene, like where he just beats up a car, like in Street Fighter. Absolutely. Think like, that'd be great as well. Absolutely, that. Yeah, I mean that. That sounds. That sounds like uh, a. <laughs> I definitely want to see. It. Absolutely. Uh, right. I think we'll call it there then for the episode. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for, for stopping by and helping out this week. Absolutely, thank um, you for having me. Before we finish, uh, would you like to plug the podcast?
2: Yeah. Uh... We are the Sweet my podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sweet Shimmy. We're also on YouTube and all your normal, uh, like podcasting where you, platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so yeah, pretty much wherever you normally find them, we'll probably be on there. Um, we talk about the absolutely wacky, weird world that is wrestling. Uh, our last episode was about uh. N- WWE's 1993 music project Wrestlemania The Album God, I've heard about this. Yes this is a real thing Produced by Stock Aitken and Waterman It is exactly what you think it is
0: Didn't Bret Hart do a song on that? Yes, he did. He did a spoken word love ballad. Oh my god, I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Uh, also, a uh, little plug for ourselves, if you'd like to hang out with both Dan and myself, Dan is a top shit poster on our Discord, Untitled RestPod. I am. You know, get involved with that. We, we, have a, we have a lovely time, don't we? We, we, we all control our Brilliant every, time every day. Uh, yeah, so Thank you very much for listening, everyone, this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, once again, thank you to Dan for coming on. Uh, we'll see you all next week for more AEW coverage. Uh, take care, enjoy your wrestling, and we'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summing. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling
1: Podcast housing. <laughs>